0: You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast. Plenty to get to here on a hump day. Brian, what are we going to talk about?
1: Well, Jake, we're going to talk about... A lot of different things. We're gonna talk about some Utah basketball. What a surprise. Shocking. <laughs> There's never anything going on with Utah basketball. Uh, Riley Batten coming back to the U? Mm-hmm. Question mark? No. Exclamation point. Riley Batten withdrawing his name from the transfer portal. What kind of an impact is that going to have on the program? Why is it important that Craig Smith secured Batten? And what do they need to do in terms of maybe getting some of the other guys back? We'll also talk about the departure of Andy Hill, officially announcing that he was leaving the University of Utah and announcing his next destination on Twitter. And then we're going to talk about the Pac-12.
0: The Conference of
1: Champions.
0: Bill Walton's fever dream not necessarily coming true, but it sounds like they are narrowing in on a potential short list of candidates to be the new commissioner of the conference. We'll examine that ahead on today's show as well. So without further ado, let's get into it. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for March 31st, 2021. Once again, this is the Locked On Utes Podcast. My name is Jake Hatch. That is Brian Brown, the brown bear in the chair himself. Of course, he is the brains behind this operation. I just happen to be along kind of steering the ship. But we have a lot of fun anyways, talking to all things Utah Utes every single day.
1: Jake Steer, good. Jake, I... big help. That's <laughs>
0: Nice, I like that. Well done. But plenty to get to ahead on today's show. But before we do that, though, Brian, a reminder for everybody, please leave us a rating and review. We want those five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. You guys can leave whatever you want in the comments, whatever it might be. And we're going to actually do a better job. I'm endeavoring to do this. Obviously, we're going to have a new month starting tomorrow. In the month of April, we're going to do a better job at highlighting those who left us ratings and reviews. We'll make sure to give you guys a shout-out on social media as well as here on the podcast. So please leave us those ratings and reviews. Love your guys' support. We've seen absolutely massive growth over the past month, and a lot of it has to do with the coaching change with the Runnin' Utes men's basketball program, but nonetheless, having a blast. And Let's start there, Brian. Two, I think, rather significant pieces of news involving the Runnin' Utes, which one we start with riley batten or andy hill
1: i think it's got to be riley batten because he's the one that's the most important going forward to the youths and batten announced on twitter in kind of a funny fashion i guess there was a little bit of confusion if he'd officially withdrawn his name from the portal but he basically posted a video of his highlights and said, let's run it back, Utes. Yeah. And most of us assumed you were able to confirm through a very confidential source that he had indeed withdrawn his name from the portal and that he would be returning to the University of Utah. And I think it's a really strong first step for Craig's Uh, Craig Smith
0: yeah I think it is and it's uh, it's a recruiting win and I know that it's not Timmy Allen it's not Alfonso Plummer Mm -hmm. I I get that but to get a guy of Riley Batten's uh, caliber because at the bare minimum in my opinion Riley Batten is a quality backup for you on this squad at minimum and it signals that he believes that Craig Smith has got this program uh, in a good direction despite being on the job less than a week and feels like hey I actually fit in with this I Believe in this, and I want to, like like he said, I want to run it back with the Utes. So I think this is actually a very good thing that should be trumpeted by the Utah basketball program with regards to saying, you know what? Yeah, we understand that our reputation is a bunch of guys leave here. Well, guess what? We got one back already.
1: Exactly. And it does beg the question of who else might Craig Smith try to recruit back from the portal? Alfonso Plummer definitely stepping his foot, putting his foot, I should say, into the NBA waters, dipping his toe probably the more popular nomenclature. Sure. Uh, Timmy Allen, uh, looking around, it does sound like he does want to go closer to home and possibly play with his brother, who is transferring from Nebraska. So remains to be seen what will happen with that. Maybe Craig Smith goes after those two. Uh, Lahat Chun, Jordan Kellyer, also in the portal still. Again, remains to be seen what will happen with those. But I think the other part of it, too, is that Craig Smith is going to be very active in in whatever quality he needs to be in order to get people to to come play basketball at Utah.
0: One thing to, to note about Craig Smith, and this is something that Scott Gerrard actually brought up, and he's the Utah State play-by-play voice, happens to both be Brian and I's boss at the Zone Sports Network, but he mentioned this with PK yesterday on DJ and PK in the morning, talking about Craig Smith. He brought in John Smith III. Many of you may, might remember him. Obviously, he was a fantastic player. Oh, John, John Knight the Third, excuse me. John Knight Third at Utah State. He was a good player for the Aggies, and then suddenly transferred, ended up at Southern Utah, and led the Thunderbirds in scoring this patch year. Well, this was a guy that Craig Smith brought in and realized that, you know what, he's a good player, but he doesn't fit with the culture of what I'm building here, so he cut him loose and let him find a new program. Craig Smith is going to be very smart about how he goes about building his roster. He wants guys who quote-unquote fit what he wants to build culture-wise in his program, and he's not going to cut corners with that regard, and I think that's actually a, a positive sign. This is not a guy who's going to just jump into the portal and chase every single big name that's in there. He's going to make sure that he's strategic about who he targets and who he brings in, and the hope is that, yes, as they uh, put this roster back together, they start to gel, and it hopefully yields, a, a, I guess, a sum that's more than the total of the parts, if that makes sense.
1: It does. And I think it speaks very highly to what he thinks about Riley Batten already and, and things that we know about Batten. He is a high culture guy. He is a hard worker. He is a guy that has improved, you know, on, on the defensive side of the uh, court absolutely in his time at the University of Utah and, and perhaps a change in management, so to speak, will help him to kind of just rediscover his game. He was built as an excellent outside shooter. We've seen it at times from him. If he could be a consistent stretch four, stretch five kind of guy, and I hesitate to even say stretch five because yeah. I I am in firm, firm, firm uh s- state of mind that he's not a five uh at least not in the Pac-12 anyways but it's good to have him back and I think what it does is it also gives you a good opportunity of making sure guys who are still in the program maybe stay in the program
0: yeah and that's that's the positive so I think that's actually a very good thing to see that a guy like Riley Batten is already saying you know what I like the hire here I'm all in with this let's go and uh, get to work and I think that's a positive sign. Uh, we're a little bit long on this first part of the podcast Brian so let's talk about Andy Hill here in just a moment obviously like you mentioned in the open uh, announcing that he's leaving the University of Utah after a decade plus up on the hill but almost immediately announcing his next stop we'll examine that here momentarily but let's take a minute Brian and talk about our good friends over at Built Bar we've been talking about them ad nauseum every single day I know you guys are probably wondering okay these guys talk about this so much but Brian and I I wholeheartedly believe and absolutely enjoy these protein bars. They're covered in 100% chocolate, and they are absolutely phenomenal.
1: It's the dessert, Jake, and it's healthy dessert. And if there's such a thing as a healthy dessert, then Built Bar definitely fits the bill for that. It's a great way to bridge the gap between your second lunch or third lunch or fourth lunch if you're like me uh and you just kind of snack throughout the day build bar gets it done without having to continue to go back to the cupboard for whatever's there i my favorite flavor without a doubt coconut brownie chunk it's a special flavor They've released a couple new ones lately that you and I have been able to try. And ooh, buddy, I'm excited for those ones to drop too.
0: Yeah, they're continuing to do a great job. And they're trying to determine who is the best of all the Built Bars. It's Built Bar Madness. And Brian, you mentioned a coconut brownie chunk. It is in the flavorful four of a matchup with mint brownie. I think this is a pretty phenomenal matchup, but I have said all along that coconut brownie chunk is the Gonzaga in this bracket. They're a heavy favorite in my mind, and they should advance to the championship. But you guys can have your voice heard by voting on BuiltBar.com every single day. Also, you can follow them on Twitter at Bar underscore Built if you want to weigh in there. And remember, while you're at BuiltBar.com, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D 15-1 Five to get fifteen percent off your next order, guys. Take advantage of it now. Brian and I love these protein bars. We believe that you guys will too. Get that fifteen percent off with the promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Folks, get all the sports news you need to know about in under twenty minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you with the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today, the podcast, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, as we mentioned, want to talk a little bit about Andy Hill. Obviously had a nice long run. Uh, I believe it was actually a full decade up on the Hill with the University of Utah men's basketball program, announcing yesterday that he is leaving Utah. And I'm not going to lie, I'm going to miss seeing Andy Hill at Utah.
1: Yeah, he was Larry Kraskoviak's right-hand man, came with him from Montana. Uh, just a guy that... Really embraced the University of Utah as it's as his own really bled sort of red and white, crimson and white. If you want to say it like that, no. crimson. I guess is <laughs> nobody bleeds white. What am I saying? <laughs> I mean, everybody technically bleeds red, but that's you know, the sure. same point here uh just a guy that really gave it his all and and worked really hard for the university of utah brought his family here his family uh you know ingrained themselves in the community and and this is the nature of that business is that you see good people have to make changes all the time and and we wish him good luck and and plenty of success at his next destination which it sounds like he announced on twitter not not too long after announcing that he was leaving the university of utah
0: yeah, so he's actually headed to Albuquerque. He is going to join Richard Patino's staff. It appears with the University of New Mexico, the Lobos down there. Uh, a pretty big rebuilding job to be undertaken there by Patino. Obviously, Patino was uh, what? Uh, he was a free agent or a fired coach for all of it felt like 15 minutes. Well, Andy Hill didn't spend a lot of time on the market either and he's headed to New Mexico. I think Andy's association and knowledge of the Intermountain West, because like you said, he came from Montana to Utah. Well, guess what? New Mexico needs to mine talent out of this region of the country. Obviously, they're going to try and spread their wings and recruit more nationally as well. But I think Andy will be a welcome addition to the staff down there in New Mexico. And I, I would imagine that he is going to be a guy that... University of New Mexico fans are going to come to know and love just like Utah fans uh, I think associate themselves with Andy Hill.
1: Without a doubt and I think he gives Richard Patino a presence from the Mountain West a guy who's oh, come yeah. from the Midwest and while he does carry a lot of cachet with the last name this business is still about relationships Jake and Andy mm-hmm. Hill has those in spades and so I think he'll take those and, and his coaching ability and and all of that to New Mexico and, and hopefully they have a lot of success there or maybe he just Andy does, who knows? I, I am <laughs> yeah. Not sure what your feelings on Richard Patino are. I'm oh. kind of uh, you know, no no real feelings one way or another. But the
0: Patino family is just it- they're a dynasty, there's no doubt about that. Of course, Rick, he, everybody knows his story. A uh, guy who wins at an extremely high clip, but also brings controversy more with him wherever he goes. I will give Richard Patino credit. I uh, hasn't necessarily had as much uh, controversy surrounding him, but also hasn't won at the same level as his father. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't necessarily have a feeling one way or the other on Richard Patino, but you wish him well and hope that a guy like Andy Hill can go in there and help out. One thing that I think Hill is absolutely going to help out with is he was responsible for recruiting at the University of Utah. So he knows this region. He knows how to recruit, knows how to go international and find guys obviously with what Utah did. This is going to be a guy that I think you're going to see Richard Pitino lean on heavily to get things going right away down there in Albuquerque.
1: Yeah. And they're going to need him because Kenny Thomas isn't walking through that door. (laughs) Tony Snell is not walking oh, say through Tony that door. Snell, yeah,
0: there's some, there's been some. Like if you think back, there were some absolutely legendary teams coming out of that University of New Mexico program there for a little bit, but they have fallen on hard times ever since Steve Alford uh, left for UCLA. What a week after signing that quote-unquote ten-year deal with New Mexico, it's been a tough go down there in Albuquerque. But uh, yeah, I I wish Andy Hill nothing but the best. He gave ten great years to the University of Utah accomplished a lot of good things alongside Larry goviak and you you hope that he can find success in his next stop down there in the is it the land of enchantment, is that what we call New Mexico, is that the state motto or whatever state nickname?
1: It's not exactly the uh, the motto that I heard while watching Breaking Bad, but okay. sure, why not? Fair
0: enough, Breaking Bad. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll just leave that there. But nonetheless, we wanted to wish uh, Andy Hill well and hope that he finds success because I absolutely believe that this is going to be a good hire for Richard Pitino and the University of New Mexico, and we'll be looking forward to seeing how Coach Hill does down there. Uh, Brian, before we move on to a Pac-12-centric topic here, is there anything else with regards to the running units that we need to touch on today that our listeners should know about.
1: If in case you missed yesterday's episode it does sound like DeMarlo Slocum will be joining the coaching staff there at the University of Utah. There's been nothing official confirming that, but the rumor mill is is churning pretty strongly in in that direction. Uh it was uh the Review Journal uh oh I can't think of who it was that stam uh, Sam, I can't Gordon. Think of last name. Sam Gordon. Sam Gordon from the Las Greg Vegas Review Greg.
0: Journal. Yeah, yeah,
1: broke broke the news the other night. Uh, there are also very strong indications that Eric Peterson will be joining uh, yeah. Coach Craig Smith at the University of Utah. But along those lines. It's we're we're waiting to find out about that third chair, and and it does sound promising for some running utes that maybe were on the bubble. You know, I've talked a lot about how I, Rylan Jones is one that's kind of in the crosshairs there. Sure, that there may be some ground that had been made up with that one, Um, but that this is not Riley Batten's not going to be the last move. I think at the University of Utah, we'll just put it that way.
0: I would agree, and funny enough, I just wanted to pass this along. Eric Peterson is. Andy Hill to Larry Kriskoviak in terms of Eric Peterson to Chris, uh Chris, uh, not Craig, Chris Smith. Craig Smith. Chris Smith is a former BYU football player. Anyways, but nonetheless, I think this is actually going to be an interesting stat to see how it rounds out. And I'm with you. I think that this is going to be interesting to see how they go about building this roster. But I can guarantee you this: they're going to build a roster. Uh, Craig Smith has proven it that he can find guys in quick order and put them together and have success. And you hope that he takes over Utah and gets them rolling. Right away. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we're gonna talk a little bit about the Pac-12 Commissioner Search. Dennis Staub put out an interesting tweet a few days ago talking about some of the guys on the short list, some of the finalists or the candidates for the position, and there's some big names in there. And we'll talk about all that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online, folks. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Brian and I have. We, we, we dove on in, and we've been having a lot of fun with this, Brian. I know you've been doing these parlays and having some fun with it. Everything's still going good on that front?
1: We – we uh, yeah, Jake, it's fun. This is the time of year where you can really have some good times with prop bets. Sure. Yeah. There on on NCAA, and that's really where I, I've found some, some fun success. And we take the wins and we take the losses uh, in stride because that's what it's all about, right, is, is – is growing and having fun throughout the process. No, it's not. It's about making money. That's what it's about. (laughs) Depends on what your motivation
0: is. I I can tell you that much. By the way, opening day for Major League Baseball is tomorrow. So if you've got a futures bet, like you you think one team is going to get a lot of wins that maybe is getting undervalued, by bet online. Make sure you get that – Bet in right away. You can do it. You can sign up for free at BetOnline.ag now. And also when you make your first deposit, you can use the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. You heard that right. Free money from our friends at BetOnline. So take advantage of that now. Use your web browser or your mobile device to sign up for betonline.ag. And once again, use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. It's all courtesy of BetOnline and they are your online sportsbook experts. Are you guys ready for the NFL Draft? Join Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor... Let's try that again. 3, 2, and 1. Are you guys ready for the upcoming NFL Draft? Join Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sykema and Benjamin Solak as they give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on all 2021 draft prospects. They have team-centric guest mocks coming up right around the corner. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, a couple of notes to pass along to our listeners in terms of other Utah athletics programs in action and some good results. Let's start off with the men's tennis program. You rarely see them play a double header in terms of matches in a day, but they did it yesterday.
1: They did, and, and part of that was probably because they took a little break from Pac-12 play to knock out games against San Diego State and Montana State up at the Eccles Tennis Center, knocked out SDSU 5-2, to two. Knocked down those pesky Bobcats from Montana State six to one, and overall the men's tennis team has done surprising i shouldn't say surprisingly well. What they've done is they've continued to really do well after playing a very, very short uh, initial season in 2020, which was canceled obviously due to COVID. It's a program to watch without a doubt. They're on the rise and, and definitely making moves.
0: Yeah, and they're going to be on the road later this week. They're going to be in Reno to face off against the University of Nevada at Reno, and they'll face off against UC Davis on Friday. So, best of luck to the men's tennis program. Hopefully, they can go 4 0 on the week. Be good to see. Also, let's talk for a minute about the University of Utah men's golf program. Uh, You and I are both salivating over the new facility that they announced, or they opened recently. Not announced recently, they opened recently. But they actually had a fantastic showing up in Tacoma, Washington.
1: I just want to find out how I get my thumbprint so that I can get into that building and practice my putting, Jake, because it seems to be playing off for the golf program as they finished third at the Seattle U Red Hawk Invitational. It is the third straight top three finish for the team. Uh, That's an impressive step for this program and and for a team that really does need to develop because the Pac-12, again, laden with, Really good golf team. I don't know if you've ever heard of Stanford. They play some golf
0: there. <laughs> Arizona State does play some decent golf as well. Uh, funny enough, a really good showing for Blake Tomlinson. Four under par overall. Placed in a tie. Uh, placed in a tie for second among the overall field individually. So a fantastic showing for him individually. So good things I think for Coach Clegg and the rest of the University of Utah men's golf program. I'm with you, Brian. We got to find a way to scam our way into getting our thumbprints and be able to get into that facility. There's no doubt about that
1: shout out to the local boy blake tomlinson straight out of skyline high school uh my highland high ram heart <laughs> supports your change of colors
0: well there you go all right brian as we round out today's podcast wanted to talk about one major topic with regards to the pac-12 and that is the pac-12 commissioner search and the, the topic kind of came up because dennis Dobb put out a tweet recently that reads as follows quote, these names have been mentioned, but we're quickly getting close to the end of the Pac-12 commissioner search. He mentions three names here. Gene Smith, who is Ohio State's athletic director. Dan Radikovich, who is Clemson's athletic director. And then Oliver Luck, former NCAA senior administrator, West Virginia athletic director, XFL commissioner. And then he adds, the Pac-12 is projected to have a replacement for Larry Scott by late April. And of course, we're on March 31st. So in the next three to four weeks, according to Dennis Dodd, we could have a new commissioner in place for the Pac-12.
1: And it's a perfect timing, I think, for this, Jake, because the Pac-12 is going to be coming off of what's looking like a very, very successful NCAA tournament. Um, at the time of this recording, while y'all will be listening to this on Wednesday morning, uh, in the... USC had just been demolished by Gonzaga, but UCLA was still in the fight against Michigan, so we'll have to wait and see how that one finishes out tomorrow. But if that does end up with the Bruins going to a Final Four, that is massive for the Pac-12, and they need to take that momentum and immediately start pushing it forward to football season because there are eight teams in this conference that are returning, uh, I think it's above 50% uh, in terms of, of, of scholarship players or, or starters, uh, according to our good friend uh, uh, Yogi Roth. Yeah. Goodness.
0: No, there's a good point there. And there, there's a chance that the Pac-12 could have a very good season in football, but it's all going to be dependent on these teams going out and winning games. You and I have both talked about this in the past. It's just – you know what cures all is winning and that's obviously what's happened in the Pac-12 for the Pac-12 in the NCAA tournament they were an afterthought going into the tournament a lot of people thought they'd have just a bunch of one and duns and be out and yes there's a chance that UCLA could be Final Four bound and how incredible would that be to be a play-in team and all of a sudden be in the final weekend of the NCAA men's basketball tournament but you're right, they do need to push this momentum forward and the good news is amongst those three names that uh, we have heard about, Gene Smith Dan Radakovich and Oliver Luck I think any three of those names Are big fish in terms of the College football and college sports Sphere and any three of them Would be I think welcome leaders For the Pac-12
1: Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing that fans may point out is, is what kind of experience do they have in negotiating TV contracts? Sure. That's not the priority right now. That more than likely is going to be something that you're going to hire a firm to work with. Anyway, someone that specializes in those kinds of things. You're not going to want your commissioner to focus strictly on the negotiations, right? You want them to be building relationships so that jockey isn't the apparel sponsor for your conference. It's somebody worth having. And and that's no insult to jockey, but how bizarre is it to turn into the Pac-12 network and see the hosts wearing jockey golf shirts?
0: <laughs> it is a little bit strange because they had a long-running deal, if I'm not mistaken. They were with Adidas for a long time. Uh, funny enough I actually still have a jacket to this day of the, it's a Pac-12 Networks jacket that was given to me when they did one of their spring football tour deals when they came to Utah and I still wear it to this day so yes it is strange to see them wearing jockey but nonetheless I, I'm looking forward to this I think they need to get a good leader here to help spread uh, the good word of the Pac-12 build on the momentum that the college basketball realm has what, what, what's been generated from the NCAA tournament and if they can do that well you could find a commissioner off to a really really quick start no matter who it is.
1: Absolutely, and there's a ton of things that are happening around. I think Jed Fish down in Arizona has really generated some excitement around that program. Obviously, Herm Edwards has developed a very strong football and impression nationally with what he's done at Arizona State. I think Kyle Whittingham has Utah positioned to probably have their most legitimate shot at a Pac-12 championship next year, pending quarterback play, and, and hopefully an opportunity for us to see how the team actually looks in the spring game. We'll see about that. But this is all stuff like this is a pre- prime time to get a commissioner in here and and honestly why are we even waiting to get larry scott out
0: uh good question uh can we just like you know as soon as the new commissioner is just you know toss him right back try him right out on the street i don't know that'd just be off you go yeah out you go do your thing go be a lecturer do something i don't know what you're gonna do but be gone
1: (laughs) go back to harvard harvard (laughs) go back to
0: harvard Anyways, but I think that's some good news in terms of the momentum building here towards finishing up this Pac-12 Commissioner search, and man, there are some big names being mentioned for it, and that should be exciting, I think, to anybody who's associated with the Pac-12, especially if you're a University of Utah fan, alum, whatever it might be. All right, Brian, well, that's going to do it for a Wednesday edition of the show. Any final thoughts from you on our way out the door here?
1: I don't know if you noticed, Jake, we started closing out the show with a new little catchphrase. It is be well, do well, stay well. Wishing everybody the best out there. Uh, hoping that uh, March finishes on a high note, especially the Utah Jazz. Holy cow.
0: Yeah, that a little bit crazy. You have a plane issue with due to a flock of birds, just a scary scary deal, man.
1: Especially something like birds with when they don't they aren't even real, right? <laughs> Jeez.
0: That's a good note to finish on. All right. That'll do it for us. A big thank you for joining us. Follow the show on social media at Locked On Utes on Twitter. Follow Brian's work at Brown Bear SLC. You can check out my work at Jacob C. Hatch. And feel free to email the show anytime. LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. That is the email address. We want you guys' questions. It's hashtag Twitter Thursday tomorrow. If you guys have got questions for us, please submit them now. We'll be happy to address them on tomorrow's podcast. Until then, Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for March 31st, 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.